0: General coherence of the story. It is conjectured that the missing opening is concerned with the record of Mr. Joyce Armstrong's qualifications as an aeronaut, which can be gathered from other sources and are admitted to be unsurpassed among the air pilots of England. For many years, he has been looked upon as among the most daring and the most intellectual of flying men, a combination which has enabled him to both invent and test several new devices including the common gyroscopic attachment which is known by his name the main body of the manuscript is written neatly in ink but the last few lines are in pencil and are so ragged as to be hardly legible exactly in fact as they might be expected to appear if they were scribbled off hurriedly from the seat of a moving airplane there are it may be added several stains both on the last page and on the outside cover, which have been pronounced by the Home Office experts to be blood, probably human and certainly mammalian. The fact that something closely resembling the organism of malaria was discovered in this blood, and that Joyce Armstrong is known to have suffered from intermittent fever, is a remarkable example of the new weapons which modern science has placed in the hands of our detectives. And now a word as to the personality of the author of this epoch-making statement. Joyce Armstrong, according to the few friends who really knew something of the man, was a poet and a dreamer, as well as a mechanic and an inventor. He was a man of considerable wealth, much of which he had spent in the pursuit of this aeronautical hobby. He had four private aeroplanes in his hangars near Devizes, and is said to have made no fewer than one hundred and seventy ascents in the course of last year. He was a retiring man with dark moods, in which he would avoid the society of his fellows. Captain Dangerfield, who knew him better than anyone, says that there were times when his eccentricity threatened to develop into something more serious. His habit of carrying a shotgun with him in his aeroplane was one manifestation of it. Another was the morbid effect which the fall of Lieutenant Myrtle had upon his mind. Myrtle, who was attempting the height record, fell from an altitude of something over 30,000 feet. Horrible to narrate, his head was entirely obliterated, though his body and limbs preserved their configuration. At every gathering of airmen, Joyce Armstrong, according to Dangerfield, would ask with an enigmatic smile, "'And where, pray, is Myrtle's head?' On another occasion after dinner, at the mess at the Flying School on Salisbury Plain, he started a debate as to what will be the most permanent danger which airmen will have to encounter. Having listened to successive opinions as to air pockets, faulty construction, and overbanking, He ended by shrugging his shoulders and refusing to put forward his own views, though he gave the impression that they differed from any advanced by his companions. It's worth remarking that, after his own complete disappearance, it was found that his private affairs were arranged with a precision which may show that he had a strong premonition of disaster. With these essential explanations, I'll now give the narrative exactly as it stands, beginning at page 3, "'of the blood-soaked notebook. "'Nevertheless, "'when I dined at Reims "'with Coselli and Gustave Raymond, "'I found that neither of them "'was aware of any particular danger "'in the higher layers of the atmosphere. "'I didn't actually say "'what was in my thoughts, "'but I got so near to it "'that if they had any corresponding idea "'they could not have failed to express it. "'But then... They are two empty, vain, glorious fellows with no thought beyond seeing their silly names in the newspaper. It is interesting to note that neither of them had ever been much beyond the twenty thousand foot level. Of course, men have been higher than this, both in balloons and in the ascent of mountains. It must be well above that point that the aeroplane enters the danger zone, always presuming that my premonitions are correct.' Aeroplaning has been with us now for more than twenty years, and one might well ask, why should this peril be only revealing itself in our day? The answer is obvious. In the old days of weak engines, when a hundred-horsepower gnome or green was considered ample for every need, the flights were very restricted. Now that